2: Welcome to the CHGO Bears Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's going on, Bears fans? Good to be back. Adam Hogue, Nicholas Moriano, Mark Carmen. What's up, guys? Nothing
0: much.
2: How are you? What's up, Hollywood? How are you doing, buddy? I'm all right. I'm a little under the weather, actually, which is why we are remote today. Um, And, uh, you know, I got some tea here, which is I I don't know why I grabbed tea. My voice is fine, but uh, I think it just makes me feel better. But we're good. We're going to grind it out. Too much to talk about from last week to take another day off. So I'm ready to go.
1: I want to give a couple of quick shout-outs. Uh, number one, those saying hello at Bulls Memphis yesterday, CHGO Bears yours truly. Thank you. Uh, same thing with the, over at Wrigley over the weekend. And uh, when I was looking at our stream about 20 minutes ago, I saw 72 people waiting at 11:40. If wow. you're one of those 72, we all love you. That is uh, that's that's some big time appreciation from all of us. So big day today. I know Jalen Carter in town. Hogue back. Nick is, uh, you know, that his video with DePaul is sweeping the nation. And I know you had a a very important conversation is all that we got to get to. So I'm excited as per usual for the show.
2: Yes. And happy uh, home opener to all the White Sox fans out there. I am Mm -hmm. trying to represent today. I would love to be out there, but uh, not going to happen today. Uh, Cram makes my days worth living too. I agree. Uh, Logan.
1: Let's go. Me and you. I don't know what our hangout's going to be. Beers, lunch, ball game.
2: I'm in. Let's go. Uh, All right. Well, there is a lot to get to. We're also going to have Adam Johns join the show uh, as the Athletic got to tell their version of the big Bears-Panthers trade. Um, And I know that they were working hard on that last week. So, Johns, going to join us uh, in about 15 minutes to come on. And there's a few new nuggets in there that I think are worth discussing um, but first and foremost, guys, you know, just being back, I want to I want to jump in here and kind of share some of the stuff that maybe we, we didn't get to last week. Uh, overall takeaways from what came out of the NFL owners meetings last week and got a couple of clips clips um, to share with you, starting with Kevin Warren, because this this kind of did stand out to me. And I think it's worth discussing. But just the idea of and I think it goes really goes to the heart of the trust the fans actually seem to have right now in the organization and how much that has flipped in the last, you know, calendar year or so. But for a team that only won three games and ended up with the first overall pick, it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of drama or anxiousness about anything. And that is something that Kevin Warren addressed last week when we had a chance to talk to him. So here's what Kevin Warren had to say about that.
1: It's interesting how um, even
3: coming here for the meetings, it's something special with the Chicago Bears. I mean, this is not a normal environment of a team that won three football games last year that you would think most of the times that happens, you're in turmoil. But George is calm, Ryan is calm, uh, Coach Iberflus is calm, I'm calm. uh, We're all connected and working together. And I think there's a sense around the NFL community that uh, we have the right people at the right time, in the right situation, focus on the right issues, and none of us have egos and that we're doing the right thing. So I, I, am, I, I really love the energy that we have developed and building, and I'm confident that we're going we're gonna to do well
2: together. Nice. Now, a, a word of caution, um, because I do want to say the vibe at these owners' meetings every year is overwhelmingly positive. And if you just think about how the NFL calendar works – these teams are, Carm. You look disgusted right now, by the uh, way. Well, so I, we'll, I, get your, we'll get to your thoughts in a second. Great. But I just, but the the reality is, is that like this is the calmest time of year. Any team that was bad last year, they either made changes that are, you know, reinvigorating the franchise, or they're far enough removed from, you know, the drama of the season. They're, they're always in a nice, warm place at these meetings. Most of them have their families with them. It's a, it's, a, it's actually very relaxing sort of setting. Um, so, But I, I also want to say, like, there does seem to be some truth to what Kevin Warren is saying as he enters this job. And at this point, all he really knows is his overall context of the Bears from being a Chicagoan uh, the last few years, being in the NFL before that. Um, and, you know, since kind of joining the franchise in January. He officially starts uh, two weeks from today. You know, I, I, I do think there's some truth to what he's saying. Go ahead, Carm. Well, look, I,
1: I, don't, I think I'm going to go down the, the Carm reads too much into do statements, uh, little snippets. Uh, I can already feel the chat coming no back at me on this. Yeah. But uh, first of all, don't be so calm. Y'all three and 14 it's, it's like, I, am and, and you're not actually that calm, uh, Ryan polls we're going to talk with Johns about, uh, you know, the whole process. He wasn't calm in trading the number one pick. He was frantic about it. He, so it's not exactly accurate. And the other thing, the thing that actually made my, me spin around was that we have no egos um you don't get to those positions in life with no egos you're that that's the head coach of the chicago bears that's the general manager of the chicago bears that's the president ceo of the bears you have to have an ego so it's, I mean, we're a little bit in semantics, but like, let's not just, you know, this is not kumbaya. This is professional football. And I'm, I'm down with the fact that everyone's in a good mood and, and the Bears are at a great place. And I agree. This is a great, the franchise is in as good of a spot as it's been in a long time. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't, it sort of felt like an oversell right there with Kevin. No egos. Everybody's getting, a, just settle down. Let, let, let's, or, 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 or ramp up, something like that.
0: Well, I'll say this, Mark. Isn't this just a continuation of how the Bears were throughout the 2022 season? Even when they were losing on a, on a 10-game losing streak, the, the locker room was the same one week from the next, and it was pretty consistent throughout. So it kind of just seems like it's being carried over into the offseason to where there is a sense of calmness within the organization. And there were probably parts like you mentioned in, in the piece that John's fish Fishbane worked on and we'll get to that later. But to me, it just seems like they're just rolling it over from what the season was, this calmness. And now obviously when you're in nice Phoenix, Arizona, the birds are chirping back there. Yeah. You're going to be a little calm, right?
1: I mean, look, Nick, I want to be calm. I want to sleep. Well, I, I want to, I, I like to have a nice tea. I, I'd love to get a massage uh, after the show today and just and be relaxed. And, and I'm cool with the bears being calm, but i i don't know that that word is just a little a little a little too too uncalming it's slightly nerve-wracking <laughs> for me <laughs> you, yeah. we got a plan we are executing it Da-da-da-da. We're we're moving forward We're we're super excited about the draft in 24 days or 26 days when he's talking i like the fact that he's wearing the orange tie baby let's go kevin warren let's I'm, I'm glad that everybody's connected i'm glad they're hanging out with Hogue and hollywood's having a good time there's no real problems here but i'm just you know just p- picking apart that one
2: little soundbite that you played for us i can't wait for the next one yes and then i love how at the end you came back and basically summarized what he was actually trying to say in what <laughs> he was saying which was everybody's in alignment nobody's overreacting to being a bad football team last year and everything seems to be on the same page which is all that he was really trying to say with that word call which, which by the way is another one of my pet peeves should we is it panic time like
1: what exactly does that mean for a, for a bear set? Should I panic? Like, what am I gonna do? Go run around the block and act like Greg Braggs for an hour? Like, I don't know what panic <laughs> like means from a fan standpoint. It's a panic time. Do I? So I start acting differently? Like, I have no power of what's going on here. Anyway, go on,
2: continue, right. please. Well, the next morning, uh, Matt Eberflus was asked about. Kevin Warren's calm comment, and just sort of his role in all that, and and how he, what his response to it, uh, and I promise you, it was a much measured response than what we just heard from the car.
1: Yeah, I would just say that uh, when you have um, a vision for who you want the football team to be, and you have an approach, um, and you spell that out, and you put your heads together collectively as a group to form that plan, and then execute that plan, but also have the ability to adjust and adapt when things change. Um, and not uh, throw into a panic mode um, and say, okay, hey, this is where it is. Now we will shift together as a group, what's the best plan going forward, and then just keep moving forward towards the vision. But you have to have that. Uh, I believe a, we have a great foundational floor um, You know, in our young group of players and how we standardize our approach to everything we do on the field, off the field. And I think that's where, that's where it is, and I think that creates that confidence. Go ahead, I Tom. love that one. I love it. Fluce Kobe. We we in our flag. This is who we are. This is what we do. I'm with you Fluce. I loved every
0: bit of that Fluce. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, do like ever Fluce saying there's a plan in place. Again, that aligns with what we've always heard from from Ryan Poles. the regime itself being I think very connected in what the the end goal is, right? So, I mean, Again, speaks to the, the the calmness that I think is I think oozing out of out of uh the organization right now. Fluce ain't calm though. He's
1: sitting there, he's his his the arms are ready, the, the intense look is there, he's not even noticing Jason Leeser to his uh left. I mean the dude's focused. The fluce is the fluce is not playing.
2: Yeah, but look, I, I think another way to look at this though is you you did have a major move at the very top of the organization. One that fans have been asking for forever. And a lot of times that can lead to sudden change throughout the organization. And maybe it will in other areas, but I do think I do sense an uh, absolute alignment uh, between Warren and polls and, and down to Eber right now. And under, and understanding that, you know, there's really nothing to overreact about to, how last season played out. Now the, now, the key is, of course, going forward, that this plan that they have in place, that they are executing, I would use the word methodically, um, you know, still turns into good results because ultimately if it doesn't, then it's going to look back at like a bad plan because the last regime had a plan too and they started slow too and they didn't make any, you know, enormous um splashes in fact you could argue that polls has made bigger moves already um than Ryan Pace ever did just by trading the number one overall pick um, it really wasn't until that Mitch Trubisky trade that things really you know got going and that was already his third year so yeah I I, I think that that's just an important note in this entire conversation and something that did stand out to me. Another thing that stood out to me, um, and I'm sure you guys discussed this a little bit while I was gone last week, but just it, it's, it's very interesting to me how, how involved flu's really is in the scouting process, both with free agents and draft picks. Um, and he went into a little bit more detail. If you want to check it out in our, conversation with him on Hogan Johns when he joined us you know even going down to quizzing prospects on some Bears history and the top 30 visits which got completely taken out of context uh, by one aggregator on Twitter last week Um, so I encourage people to go check out that entire interview and not just the clickbait that that may have come out of you know isolating one quote but it's just very interesting like he polls values Fluse's background in being a college coach where when you're a college coach, you have to recruit, you have to be a scout at the same time. You have to analyze how these players fit your system and what you're trying to build, um, and then make offers. And that, that background is obviously valuable and something that Fluse really takes a lot of pride in. Cause it stood out to me how he told us that, you know, and I, and I talked to you guys about this last week. They're coaching in the morning, and then they're scouting in the afternoon. I'm talking about the coaching staff. That's how Flus has the daily schedule set up. Um, and so, look, that's not – it's not abnormal to have your head coach very involved in the draft room. But I do think it's the level which this front office is leaning on the coaching staff um, is very, very interesting to me
1: i just think they're they're an interesting combo right flus is 15 years older than his gm there and and that so and he's that got that much more experience in the game of football we're learning more about polls as we go along here he's you know he was super uh hyped and excited and living with a lot of anxiety as well trying to figure out you know what he was going to do with the number one pick and I think what what flues is, to, from what I'm getting here, is like this is like this is also like a calming figure for for polls around here. This dude is who he is every single day. I, I, it's, I'm not dealing with some wild card at all with my head coach. I I know exactly what I'm going to get, and I know that I'm going to get a very to the scouting part of it, just a very detailed, level-headed analysis of who's available. And he's not going to, you know, just be somebody who. One minute he's going to think one thing, and one minute he's going to think another, and then he's going to put this system in or want to do that. He's just, I think there's, a, when you start to really learn their personalities over time, I think it just makes a whole lot of sense why Ryan pulls wanted Matt Eberflus to be his head coach.
0: Well, I think too, when you have someone who has such a, a very specific system and the hits principle, like for someone to be that in tune with the prospects and going through the evaluations with guys, like he also wants to make sure that the people that they, the players are going to bring in, are going to match and be a good fit with the system that is run throughout the entire organization. So I think that's also big for for Iberflus being a part of that. And you look at the first two signs the Bears made a free agency, two linebackers, This position that Ibra knows arguably the best out of any. So it makes sense to me that for a guy that has as much experience as he does, that he wants to be a part of it. And we know he's in the quarterback rooms and, and every different mean that he can possibly get to. And I think that's, again, the attention to detail it's it's explicit with um, Matt Eberflus and how he just goes his day-to-day life, breathing and loving football, which he also wants in the players that he brings in.
1: Hulk, how do you feel about, as the elder statesman on this show, I can take on the Fluce role? You mm-hmm. guys can be Poles and Cunningham and whoever else you want to be. I'll be Fluce. Not quite <laughs> Fluce's age. The
2: carmosophy?
1: The carmosophy. I have the, I have the older, more grounded daily you know exactly what you're going to get I'm not I would never say anything that was off the beaten path solid flus. I could just lean into that that's the my new role here on 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 CHGO Bears hit the oh, subscribe awesome.
2: button if you haven't already meanwhile somebody nicks fixing the shoelaces in his background while you're saying all that I think we all know who the oldest person in spirit here is <laughs> If you want to, if you want to call yourself out that way, go right ahead. I was yeah. Just... <laughs> the, I'm the boring old guy on the on the show for being honest, even
1: if you do have me in age. I'm calling you mature. I'm calling you grounded. I'm not. I wouldn't. You just did that to yourself. I had none know. of that.
2: I know. I know. Uh, Mike says, "Carm, your tennis pecs are way too small to be even close." <laughs> That's messed up. Big
1: win <laughs> yesterday. Cameron went down one and one. I was flexing yeah. all over him.
2: Please.
0: Oh, I like it.
2: Please hit that like button. Uh, we appreciate everybody watching. We're going to bring in Adam Johns here shortly. There was one more question to uh, I lost it now, but I did see it earlier from Doug. Do you think gets has a voice in the draft room? Absolutely. Remember, he coached the senior bowl, which Doug pointed out. And um, and obviously they're leaning on whatever uh, he was able to gain from there. And and when flu says he's got all his coaches scouting, I mean, they're all looking at these guys. They're all doing evaluations on these players. And it's not like, you Know their evaluations is making any decision, but it's certainly helping inform the decisions. And if Getze, you know, came out of there uh, a senior bowl with a certain thing on a certain player, they're definitely going to listen to that.
1: I hope that Getze is in there right now talking to Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, and everyone saying, like, Look, you either give me Bijan Robinson or give me Jackson Smithing Jigba, or I'm resigning. Let's go, let's go, Getze. <laughs> Make a big play. I'm, I know that's exactly what Adam Johns wants him to be doing too. I know, and I know he's coming up mm-hmm. here, so.
2: All right. Yeah, we're going to bring John Z in here. But first, I want to make sure you uh, know all about Fubo TV. I had the Fubo going on yesterday uh, because I'll be honest with you. I had been using a different streaming service before, but I love baseball. And even though I'm a White Sox fan, um, it's still nice to be able to have marquee and throw on a a nice Cubs Brewer game on a Sunday, uh, which Fubo allowed me to do 140 plus live channels uh, sh- uh, sports, shows, movies, and news. Uh, you can stream live TV from any device. It's super simple. Uh, watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. You can start watching immediately with a seven day free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. You just sign up and start watching. Also, includes a thousand hours of cloud DVR at no extra charge and uh, it allows you to watch your local teams while traveling, which is huge. So, um, you know, watch your favorite Chicago team on Marquee, NBC Sports Chicago with FUBU TV. Use the link in the description below on YouTube to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. And
0: guys, I have to tell you about Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn here at chgo durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures i have my shady rays always in my car so whether i'm going to the gym or the studio easy access put them on and i know i'm secured there what's awesome is if you were playing tennis pair, nick can you wear them you playing can, tennis? You can. You can do that if you're playing outdoor basketball. Perfect pair of sunglasses to wear to make sure your shots going down or your return or serve is uh, on point. There, Mark. So thank you for asking. But what's awesome? If you lose or break your pair of Shady Rays while you're playing tennis, maybe even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shady Rays are rated five stars by over 250,000 people.
2: And CHGO Bears off-season coverage is brought to you by the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. Learn more at ComEd.com slash Biz. All right, let's bring in Adam Johns from The Athletic, the Hogan Johns podcast. What are you smiling about? You guys got those ads down. Very good. Well, Very you good. know, it's almost well like we're professionals. Almost. Especially
3: almost. Nick, you know. Yeah. You get a little distracted there with a the tennis ball being brought in. Well, that's screen, every but-
2: single ad read we do. Karma's <laughs> always giggling at some comment or putting something up on the screen.
1: Oh. Always. Oh. 10 whoa. out of 10 times. <laughs> N- never heard this beef until now this is <laughs> <laughs> text me on the side carm
3: i i got i got gotcha.
1: you I new, gotcha. new yeah. beef of the day i all right too much too much action during the reads carm i'm planting that flag i'm not giving that one up by the way do you two know each other this is adorable i, can- I think this is the first time at least that i've been here that john's has been on the show this is very exciting for me it's good to be here boys
2: yeah, it is. I think it's the second or third appearance, one of the one of the mm-hmm. two. Um, but you know, when he writes ten thousand words in a story, we got to bring him on. That's the rule. There's, there's only three thousand there, Adam. Hogue. Okay. Only three thousand.
1: Hey, uh, I got a. Whole, I went through the whole article and did line by line things that I want to bring up, buddy. This was a hell of a job by you guys. Congratulations.
3: Thanks, well, Carm. But I think I only got ten minutes for that.
2: <laughs> 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 We're uh, all right, John. Well. Carm, since you have all these things, I'll let you start, but I want to make sure people know uh, what was written here it was the the athletics perspective piece insider view of the big trade that went down. And the cool thing is it's got the Panther side with Joe person who covers the Panthers for the athletic and then Johns and Kevin Fishbane getting all the, the dirt on the bear side, which you should read. And if you're not already subscribed, make sure you are at the athletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Carm, go ahead.
1: I, I do want to
2: shout out Braggs'
1: comment, finally the better Adam. That is that is just straight <laughs> rude from a wow. wow. I mean, just wow. really, just well. really over the top. I thought the beefs were over with this whole Fairly Dickinson thing, but apparently nope. not. Well, right, I so. was over it, <laughs> but that, I – It's a brick I, throne, right?
2: That's, that's yeah. what that counts as. That is a brick throne, and I will now be continuing on the bit and wearing my Fairly Dickinson <laughs> shirt on Wednesday's show, <laughs> which I was actually not going to do, but now I will.
1: What a complete jerk. That was unbelievable, this guy. All right, so here, what jumped out at me, Adam Johns, right at the start, uh, quote from Ryan polls I was, quote, pacing back and forth just all over the place. I just wanted to get it done. I, I don't know exactly if he told that to you or whoever, but it just jumped off at me. Like, you know, part of the deal is you got to sit with the anxiety of what are you going to do and – so he's, he's outing himself, saying, like, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that it was, um, he's very comfortable in his move, but I, I thought that stood out uh, in a big way. Yeah, 12 days of negotiations with
3: the Panthers, and there was other teams involved. I know you ask about that, but I, I think for Ryan Poles, when he told us that, it was like, it's right here. The deal that I like, a player that I like, it's all right here. Let's get this done it was a long process, a lot of talks on the phone, in person, in Indianapolis. Let's get that done. So it was good to see some of the the emotions come out. Because you, you could imagine these guys are so even-keeled by the time they talk to us. But you know these conversations can get contentious. There's emotions that come in before and after the fact. So it was good to see that
0: side from Ryan Bowles. Johns, what was, uh, I mean, obviously extensive work here that you did with, with Fishman. But what is the the big takeaway from just what you kind of gathered there from, again, listening to polls, listening to all the GMs, kind of speaking about how this trade went down. I think it's the process of, of, of Ryan
3: polls. It's talking to Kyle Davidson from the Blackhawks, getting as much information that he can, not thinking he has everything figured out, right? Like seeking help outside of football to get some advice from hockey. Since players are traded all the time for draft compensation, that's different in, in the NFL. You don't see it as much as you do in hockey. So I like that. And Ryan Poles has has mentioned that before. He's got contacts in baseball that that he that he reaches out to that he feels out for certain questions or concerns that he has with the Bears and whatnot. So I like the process like it's the it's going to Indianapolis prepared. It's doing his due diligence with all the teams that could have interest in quarterbacks, not only in like the top 10 where you had the Texans, you had the Panthers, you had the Raiders, like the obvious teams, the Colts. But beyond that, like who's interested beyond 10? Who can move up for a huge swing? So I like the process of Ryan Bolt.
2: Another thing that stood out to me, Johns, that I thought was new information that no one else had had at this point um, was uh, I think from the Panther side of things was Scott Federer saying that he really felt like the sweet spot in this draft class is somewhere between 20 and 45. Uh, really good value in there. And... That was a big reason why he didn't want to give up the 39th overall pick, which polls was asking for. Um, and so instead, they essentially gave up two second round picks instead of that pick because it's 61, it's a lot later, and uh, that's where the 2025 second rounder came in, correct? Correct, yeah. So, what you have is well, it's a negotiation, right? It was,
3: it was, and I'm an, honestly like a I don't know if it was amicable, but it, it was a friendly back and forth for the most part. You know, there was a trade offer that was pulled by the Panthers when they left Indianapolis, when they left the Combine. Uh, a couple of days later, talks heated up again between the two teams. When Scott Fitterer was at his daughter's uh, soccer game, it, it was just time. There was too much competition. There's too much rumblings out there of other teams potentially wanting to to move up. But you're right. But I think the point for for Paul is like, oh, you know, he didn't get the 39th pick, but he's got – three picks within a 12 pick range like later in that later in that round later on in, in day two of the draft so if you wanted to, to move up
1: maneuver the draft again he's got more capital to do so now. so that's just an interesting point that I shouldn't dive down but I think it's interesting the fitterer while at his daughter's soccer game, prioritized his job over his own daughter to make the trade could he could shouldn't he have waited an hour to call up polls i mean and then polls you know now we know he goes to the deer path in for dinner uh, i don't know if you have any reporting on what he actually gets but the level of detail of this piece like you he you knew that he was at the soccer game and like wasn't paying attention and didn't even know who scored while he made the deal this is this is an elite level reporting adam johns
3: <laughs> my favorite like fun fact
1: is that Ryan Poles like switched
3: hotels? Like the JW Marriott at the Combine is an insane place. It's always busy. Like every hour of the day, it's nonstop. It's it's actually even like busier, like post ten PM when everybody's coming back from the meetings. All all the scouts and executives are coming back from the meetings. Like Ryan Poles Ryan Poles didn't want to stay there. He was down the street at the at the Hyatt, which is you know, every year I made a good agent buddy there, and it's a lot calmer,
2: I should say, mm-hmm. than the the scene at the JW. Unless Jalen Carter is getting charged for something, then it's not so calm <laughs> from, from what I heard at the Hyatt. But, um, yeah, I that's super inside, Johns, but that stood out to me too. It was like, oh, wow. Like, he actually left the JW to be in a separate place, whether that's just, like, paranoia of who he's meeting with or just staying, you know... Because where, ba- where the Bears stay, you can't really get from your hotel room to anywhere else you got to go without, like, walking through a busy area um, or Brad Big sitting at the Starbucks, you know? So was, it, There are <laughs> a lot of Bears reports that set up in, in the JW
3: uh,
2: Starbucks on the second floor there. Yeah, it sounds super interesting.
0: Um, Nick, you got anything else? Yeah, real quick, Johns. When we were talking about Ryan Poles and maybe this organization with the sense of calmness that it kind of feels within the bears right now, then kind of reading through your piece, we kind of, there's some tidbits about how pace was kind of, or um, Poles was up all night or thinking about things. And then who wouldn't um like the three players, they wanted to trade from the Panthers burns and, and guys and like DJ Moore was the most, you can get rid of him because he's a wide receiver in a way. Do you feel like a sense that like, Ryan Paul's kind of settled, in any way for what you know ended up happening from the trade to one to nine, almost exploring that that the trade at number two with Houston. Is there any sense of like almost settling? And what Poles? you're saying, Nick? But like, go good back question.
3: Time, you go back in time a little bit, where like the the Panthers were were hitting full rebuild mode. Christian McCaffrey's being traded, and everybody's asking about DJ Moore, and they put their foot down. Like, we're not trading D, DJ Moore. He's going to be the part of the core. Of, of the future here. He had 3,000 yard receiving in seasons without a good quarterback here. You know, we, we like the guy and they didn't want to trade him. Like I, I felt like we made that pretty clear. Now, how would, how they rank amongst Derek Brown and, and Brian Burns, I get that the pass rusher and the three technique. He, he can make the argument. I know federated that those are harder positions to evaluate and get right. But I could tell you from covering the bears for a decade, it's not easy to get the wide receiver position right either. You know, sometimes you have to True. bring him in from the outside. That's where the bears best ones. At least have come from other than Alshon Jeffrey.
1: So that's that was interesting too. That the, the the Bears wanted one of three. I mean, was by did you get any sense, Adam Johns, that uh, Moore was their third pick and they were you know they were willing to take DJ Moore or like any idea how they had him ordered?
3: I think they wanted to help Justin Fields, and I get the idea of adding a pass rusher, adding a three technique, both huge holes right, for the Bears' defense. But I think if you look at the draft classes, like you could probably find your three technique in the second round. You could probably find one in in the first round if you want to reach a little bit at nine. You could probably find a good pass rusher there at nine if you want. And they got offensive tackles there, and I think that's where the Bears are going. But the Bears wanted to help Justin Fields. And I think finding that experienced receiver, you know, Hogan and I have talked about this a bit, like getting in that trend of adding that experienced receiver for that young quarterback where they help each other take that next step in their careers. Like we've seen it play out in Philadelphia, we've seen it play out in Buffalo with great results. I'm glad the Bears have taken that path towards
2: that trend in the NFL. And one other thing that I just throw in there is a lot of times there's a veteran receiver and then a first round draft pick too. So that's one of the many reasons why I haven't completely taken wide receiver off the the board for the Bears early, which I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more this month. I want to highlight a couple comments uh one a super chat from our guy the duke who's in here all the yes! time johnsy the better half sup johnsy you and fish man it crushed it so i think that earns you uh an invite to duke island which is uh the island Ooh. that the duke owns that we may have made up but i i've now convinced myself i'm gonna ask break. if you've
3: been there yet but i'll take it <laughs> no no it's fish thanks, fish has
1: been Duke's the man, and and Fishman's been having a very rough time with Julian Roper transferring out of Northwestern and Boo Boo declaring for the NBA draft. Fishman's not had an easy week, neither have I.
2: But he's in the comments here too, uh, pointing out he, that he thought that uh, he said Kevin Fishman in the comments. Fishman, by the way, has a uh, like a cult following on this show, for some reason. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's the most popular, uh, you know, friend of the show. He says, "Great show, guys. Thought this was the story of the day."
3: <laughs> He's it's a, a widow, you know. So Kevin Fishbane's got a lot of family and friends in the area that seem to fill up the comment section <laughs> a lot. That's how I would say fish fishman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are very Fishman is very popular as the Fishman and the Fishbane and uh all things bears on CHGO. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm officially jealous by the level of popularity that Kevin Fishbane has This show because I think most people, if we
0: voted right now, would kick me off and put him on, which is unfortunate <laughs> for me. He's got another comment here. There we go. I think I might be more popular on CHCO than on Hogan Johns. Yeah. That's, wow. Uh... wow. Well,
2: Kevin filled in for me last week while I was still in Arizona. He did a great job. Um, I do not understand how Johns has never seen an episode of Hard Knocks in his life, which is apparently something... That was discussed, but that's a fun fact right there. I don't know how fun it is. <laughs> that's interesting. I've, 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 <laughs> it's I a not. fact Wait,
1: uh, I, I, before I lose my train of thought here, I just want to get it out there. Uh, another interesting piece thing in the piece that Carolina was willing to go to two. They're happy with two quarterbacks, but but Houston wasn't and they have one. Uh, I, I'm if, if Houston has like once their guy, then why wouldn't they want or or I guess they don't, so they weren't willing to pay to go up, so yeah. they're both happy with two guys? Is that how we're reading this? Good question. Well here, here's the thing. They're they're happy with two guys, but say through
3: these pro days, these private workouts, the dinners that they have over the next month, if they fall in love with one or say one gets hurt, or something else pops up, now the Panthers have certainty. Some teams like having that. They don't like, you know, letting things just, just fall them fall to them or, or hope things fall in their favor now the panthers have certainty so if cj Stroud happens to to really win them over he becomes their guy over the next few weeks then you have certainty that you go and get him which i think maybe surprised ryan poles to a certain extent that other teams didn't want that but you know like ryan poles used to operate ryan pace used to operate in that fashion like go get your guy i think with quarterbacks it, it does make a lot of sense especially when you start to to separate them through your evaluation.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting to me that the Texans seem to be in the mix of all this. But would you is your conclusion, John, is that they just weren't ready to to make a move now? Whereas you had the Bears and Panthers who are like, I mean, the anxiety that Polls was obviously feeling with this number one pick in this trade is is evident from a number of these pieces, including yours, that have come out that it's just like. They wanted to get this thing done for many different reasons, including knowing that they had their number one wide receiver going into free agency, but yeah. it just it, it, you had two teams motivated to just get it done on that Friday. And they weren't going to wait for another team to get involved. Yeah. I think that's important for the bears. They wanted to have their books in order
3: going into free agency, whether or not they had to, to break the bank a little bit in other positions or where, you know, receiver slots in, in their needs come free agency and then later the draft. So they liked that level of certainty going into the the new league year, or at least the negotiation window to have that receiver position taken care of. But you're right. I think some teams like I have this takeaway. Um, I don't think some teams were just ready yet. Maybe they just wanted more time with these quarterbacks. Maybe they couldn't distinguish them from each other yet in terms of, of their own grades and their own evaluations. Uh, but the bears and Panthers felt ready. Like they felt good. Like Ryan poles left com- the combine thinking that's three very good quarterbacks there. And if somebody wants them, Come and get them! I'm not waiting. I yeah, want
1: to move. That was a super interesting piece. They interviewed them. They knew they weren't taking any of them, but they also gained confidence that these guys are going to be well liked. I I, I, I like that uh, part of their analysis. I thought that made a whole lot of sense.
0: Yeah, Adam, again, were, were the Colts ever? I mean, I know you put like the timing, and you just mentioned that. Were the Colts ever really, from your perspective, like in consideration for getting that number one overall? Yeah, pick?
3: but I but the timing and the price at that moment
0: wasn't right for them. And then that could go Mm -hmm. back to your
3: own, to the Colts own evaluations and grades at that time. There wasn't a quarterback that distinguished himself, at least in their own evaluations at that point. Now that could change, at least maybe in Jim Irsay's opinion, in a day or two, you know, maybe it's, you know, Bryce Young that they really want to go get, but now it's kind of an unfavorable position to be in where you watch Mm -hmm. two quarterbacks go and you just got to hope someone falls to you. You got to hope someone doesn't jump you
2: now to, to three. Cause there's interest for that well J- johns uh appreciate you jumping on awesome piece uh i hope everybody I takes takes a, a moment or two to to check it out today on the slash hogan johns we'll discuss this more on tomorrow's show uh, as well on hogan johns and uh we have uh some some dr- plenty of draft content coming your way on that show tomorrow as well i'll just say that so Looking forward to it. Thanks, Johnsy. Thanks, man. Carm, what do you got? You got one more? I, I got. I do. I got a last question. All right. Uh, I, I, just I want saw you put it a, your
3: face. I got you. I,
1: I, I, I want you on the on the record here. Who, what are the Bears doing at nine, and who's the first quarterback that's taken?
3: They're taking Paris Johnson Jr. at number nine, the Ohio State tackle, and the, four, the first quarterback taken, C.J. Stroud. Look at that. Ohio State. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> Boom. Take that, Hogue. Boom.
0: There it is. Right. Boom. Uh, playing the
1: chalk. You. I appreciate it. It's probably, I I believe you on one. I, I, I'm i wondering about nine. Oh, right.
2: now, now that John's answered that question, I guess we'll just scrap the rest of the month and we'll talk to everybody <laughs> on April 27th. <laughs> yep, we're done. Right. See you guys. <laughs> see you boys. There he is, Adam Johns. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Johns and make sure you go check out that piece on The Athletic. Uh, I'm not. I'm just not there yet to, you know, to give away answers like that. Who who are the Bears taking today? He don't know. I'm asking oh, him. He guess. knows. Did you he read knows. that piece? He knows what's going on. Uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. I, he does not know. Uh, but I think Paris Johnson is a is a good answer to that question. All right. Um, you probably already know this, but want to drill it in again. Chgo is supported and loved by the Goose Island Beer Company, and we love them back. They've been Chicago's beer since 1988. Got the Blackhawks Pale Ale, which is in my fridge right now, the limited release. Uh, because the Hawks and Goose Island have been neighbors for 25-plus years. they got the Goose Pub inside the UC, which has been open for almost 10 now. And that tap room is a pregame destination for Hawks fans with that Blackhawks Pale Ale. Get it while you still can. There's also the Bull City 412 that's out right now. They match the uh, City Edition uniforms. That the Bulls have as well. And again, uh, we're getting into summertime. So you got to go three one two. No plans. Pale ale. There was. Uh, oh, I tweeted out the other day. It's also. My wife showed up with me. It's like the summer ale. It's a Kolsch. Mm. It just came out. It's got a cool can. Make sure you check that out as well. Um, my refrigerator is loaded right now with Goose Island. We had a one small patio moment over the weekend. The weather got just nice enough. It was like 60 the other day before it rained. It was great. And uh, Goose Island's two local locations are open, ready to welcome you. Grab a beer right from their innovation tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton or get a smash burger and fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne House at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations, Goose Island Beer Company.
1: Love you, Goose, and we love you the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program, which is committed to helping families like Adam Hogue and his family and businesses like the Nicholas Moriano Sneaker Corporation and the communities that they serve. Save money and energy. ComEd offering that free facility assessment that can help you find energy-saving opportunities, lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or the always favorite industrial processes, a lot going on here. You wanna get involved in the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. This is what happens, an authorized engineer is gonna work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. It can be done in person or virtually, so a lot of flexibility there. Everybody likes flexibility. It lasts approximately two hours, so you do need to block off a little bit of time. But you're gonna love the process because within three to four weeks, you get a report detailing your energy efficiency projects that can start working, on immediately and you will get an estimate regarding your energy savings your cost savings your project costs potential incentives and a simple payback as well and this is what you do adam Hoke. pay attention don't wait get started saving money and energy today for energy for energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment go to comed.com slash powering biz comed.com slash powering biz that's all you got to do
2: our guy, Herb Howard, in the comments today, too. Really?
1: We got Herbie's. Nice. This is a
2: first.
0: This is a Herb's first where Adam and Herb are in, like, the same space, I guess. Yeah. You know, in the chat? Yes, yeah, so this, Herb, this Johnsy, Fishbane, basically all the people that they love more than us.
2: All here today in the comments. <laughs> I love it. You, 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 uh, you missed Herb in
1: studio last week, Hogue, when you were I Hollywooding. Did. And uh, he got on that ping pong table. He showed it. He showed a, an elite backhand potential. The forehand mm-hmm. actually was coming along too. Uh, you know, he's he's got spent some time with Coach Carm to really get there. But I, I do like the potential of Herb on the ping pong table. For the record,
2: ooh, I like it. Yeah. Um, we almost had. A, by the way, I have I hate how I always miss Herb because you guys always bring Herb in mm-hmm. when I'm gone, and so I plant Herb. Just know I have plans for the future that we're going we're gonna to knock out a big show together. You don't know about him yet, but I'm going to fill you in. Um, and Carm nearly avoided a disaster on the ping pong table in Arizona. Uh, played, played my wife. You know, I don't want to make excuses, but you ever played with like, it was like out by a pool at a hotel. They didn't even have real ping pong paddles. They were just plastic. There was no rubber on them. Winds and blowing, the tough wind's conditions. Blowing. Yep, she definitely yep. had the advantage. Let's just say it took a ten to one rally at the end for me to pull out the victory. But also, victory Chris- was had, and that's all that matters. Also, Krista can play. This is this is exciting. He's an
1: athlete. Yeah. Well, I ten that, to one. Impressive. Did that? Did that? Uh, let's let's get deep into the whole personal life here. Did that impact <laughs> things later in the day? Did it get a little bit? Was it too contentious in that moment that things were not as lovey dovey as they could have been? Had you not played ping pong?
2: <laughs> no. No, everything was fine there. Okay. Everything was fine. But, yeah, I think you, you, you've you talked about my competitiveness come out. And when there was a realistic shot of me losing that game, it was like, okay, it's time to get serious here. This is not happening. Um, I mean, you
1: should have sent me a text saying, thank you, Car, for all the practice here because I would have lost to my wife. Except, you know, everything you've done really did help me get to the point that I could just be consistent and, and get it done when I had to under pressure of – you know,
2: everything that was going on right there. I feel good about it uh, deep and down right now that you're bringing it up. If someone could please transcribe everything Carm just said and then <laughs> send it to me so I can send him that text, I would appreciate Thank it because you. You, you you it was well said. It was well said. All right. Um, last thing we got to get to on today's show is a piece that Nick has up. I encourage everybody to check it out right damn now or maybe wait till we get done discussing this for a few minutes and then read the whole thing because it's uh, lengthy. We're not going to get into all of it, but... Uh, Nick had a chance to talk to Brandon Thorne, who uh, hopefully you guys all follow on Twitter and check and uh, consume his stuff. He's been doing these these breakdowns with prospects and he's an offensive line guy. Uh, He was on the show Mm -hmm. with us last year, I think, before the draft. And uh, he really knows these uh, these offensive linemen. So, Nick, what were your biggest takeaways? What are the things we need to discuss uh, before everybody goes and and checks out the full
0: thing? Yeah. So just, uh, you know, a snap shot of what um i talked about brandon thorn he thinks i asked him about the class as a whole especially when you're looking at the offensive tackle position he thinks there's roughly four to five guys in this class that he thinks can start for two contracts but overall he thinks is an average class so he's not too high on some of the top guys but his top offensive tackle and the guy you know john's just brought up paris johnson jr that's who he sees at the top specifically when it goes to for the bears scheme that they run and what they're kind of looking for at the tackle position. So if you're a fan of Paris Johnson Jr., Brandon Thorne is also a fan of what he can do, potentially being in the Bears scheme. The only thing that he says like is a big, and he said Achilles heel for a guy like Paris Johnson Jr. is that he's got below average play strength, but he thinks if, you know, a guy that's only played one season at Ohio State at left tackle, that can be an area of his game that he can improve. Um, but he also mentioned stuff about Peter Skaranski in there. He thinks that for a team like Chicago or Tennessee, the two teams that he identified, um, he could actually play tackle for the Bears to kind of start out. But he just sees him as a way better guard in the NFL than he would at, at tackle. And we all know about the, the arm length and things like that. And then we got into a discussion about Braxton Jones and how he sees him and Brandon Thorne way back when um, was writing his rookie scouting report for Braxton Jones he says not much has changed from what he saw in the 5th round draft pick out of Southern Utah to who the player is now today and he did say there is a fatal flaw in his pass protection and i don't i mean i can get into it but i think you'd rather read the piece because he kind of goes really in depth with like the terminology that he uses so a fatal flaw for for Braxton Jones in his pass protection. But he also was kind of mentioning that he likes his way, his ability to be um, provide run support and be, you know, probably a better on the right side. And we know Matty Rufloos kind of brought that up at the NFL owners meeting possibility of him moving over to the right side. But there, like I said, there's a fatal flaw in his pass protection. And then day three, like, let's say, Ryan Poles doesn't use that ninth overall pick and select a offensive lineman. There are some day three tackles that, and you're looking at Braxton Jones being one of them, right, that he could uh, potentially target. And if you're looking at tackles, he, like, said Tyler Steen out of Alabama. But if you're looking also on the interior, um, there's a couple of guys, Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas, Jared Patterson from Notre Dame, are some potential guys that he likes on the interior. And the Bears probably can use bunch of offensive linemen all over the place uh especially because there's a lot of fluctuation going on but he went really in depth was pretty honest about you know the bears and how their offensive line is who are some of the players that can really fit the role in in the scheme that they run in the wide zone scheme and then honestly who's the best fit for the bears if they do stay at nine so i encourage everybody to go check that out at some point after this podcast of course and see what uh brandon thorne had to say it was about a 15 to 20 minute conversation but he went in depth just like he does in his Trench Warfare newsletter. If you have a chance or if you're subscribed to that, you're getting like some of the best online breakdowns in the game right now. So definitely check that out, but go to allch.com and give that a read.
1: Nick, great stuff. Excellent job. And I already see people in the chat who've, who've read it. So it's moving around, which is awesome. I am, uh, the, more, the more my reaction reading it was like, I wish they would have gone and signed Orlando Brown. And they were up. They were freed up to. uh, What are you laughing at, Hogue? I want to know
2: right now. They flat out came out and said he's not a fit for them. Why? (laughs) i are you so adamant they sign somebody that doesn't fit what they're doing? I. I, Well,
1: I'm. I just. Okay, I'll tell you why. Let me. Let me tell you why. (laughs) Because I. Every comment I read about Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, Bijan Robinson are these are like elite level dudes. All right. I don't see anybody saying that any of the offensive linemen are elite. That that I hear that they can play. I hear that they have flexibility. I think that they that they're you know that, that Broderick Jones is an enormous athlete and it's really great when you watch him run, which I don't know how important it is for an offensive lineman. I get it that you can move is a is a good thing, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a Pro Bowler. And then i and then I read stuff with, I mean, just insane comments uh if if I can bring something up real quick about I mean this this was the comment on on Bijan who nobody apparently wants to draft oh my goodness this kid is unbelievable has great vision size power he will block I can't say enough great things about him he should have left college three years ago he's so big and strong he's going to be an incredible NFL player now that's one scouts opinion uh and it, it came out of the athletic piece on it but that's like I read that, I'm like, how do you not want that guy? Uh, versus, well, Paris, he, maybe he's a right tackle, could be a left tackle, not 100% certain if he's physical enough at the base. Or or Peter Skratzky, whose arms are 32 and a half inches, and, and, and he's probably better at guard, but he could play. I, oh, and or Broderick Jones, who started the least amount of games, but is an incredible, freakish athlete. Like, none of that excites me. Um, so, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba, the comments about him are just out of out of control too. Uh, um, one, just reading one thing about
2: it. Let's see here. Are you uh, are you reading from Bruce Feldman's? Uh, yes, okay. yes. I want to get proper credit well, on the like Bruce Feldman every year does a mock draft where he has all this great insight from scouts and coaches, really from coaches at the college level that played against these guys and and have you know have the X's and O's game plan insight from facing all them. It's, it's a yeah. great piece. I recommend
1: it it's it's awesome and brian hartline the ohio state receivers coach told him in that piece on on jsn his change of direction is definitely the best i've had i've had he's kind of unguardable he'll be uber productive in the nfl i think he'll be the guy that leads the league in receptions and receiving yards Uh, okay give me that dude like that that is
2: why uh, can't they take that dude
1: well they can but I, it's also that's why I just say I wish they would assign a, a tackle in free agency because it's a huge need. I don't want Justin Fields to die either, um, so they got to address it. And and so if you and I'm I'm okay with Paul swinging
2: late. Uh, you know you right, gotta, I'm gonna give you a date. I'm gonna give you a date in Paris Yeah. Okay. History, okay. Here's a okay. date in give Paris me trade. date. Uh, do you know what happened on August 16th, 2021? August 16th, 2021. It's five 2021. days after my birthday. I have no idea. Bears sign Jason Peters. Oh, At least God. that was the day it was. That was official. That was official. Oh. Okay. <laughs> What's on your, head? <laughs> Did you on your head? I'm
1: putting the top of this candle covering sandalwood thing on my head for that Jason <laughs> Peters reference. That sucks. But okay. Why does it suck? Because he's, wh- 30, he's 39
2: years old and it sucks. But. He, but the, the reality is he didn't suck. He played great for them the whole year. And the point is not that they go out and sign Jason Peters. It's that there's more waves of free agency after the draft. There's going to be players cut. There's going to be players that become available via trade. There's going to be someone available like Riley Reef, Worst case scenario, available in July. Like... You can still find stability at the right tackle position if you want to go your route, which is what you're talking about. I would encourage, and I don't think based on his track record he will do this, not force an offensive lineman if, they, if there's a better skill position player or anyone else, a three technique that they feel like is better there. I don't think that they're you know, in a corner here forced to take one of these offensive linemen they don't really love. I feel a
1: whole lot better. Thank you. Honestly, that was a good, that was a good song. Like, like maybe you will. Um, let's just say, I'll just say this. If both Jackson Smith and Jigba and and Bijan Robinson are, are both there at, at nine and we don't trade down and, or, and we take an offensive lineman, I'll, I'll say I totally get it and I'm just, but I'm not going to be like jumping up and down excited about it. That's all. And I, you know, I don't think they're drafting Bijan. Uh, I don't think they're drafting JSN, but Elite playmakers. Have, I don't care what position they ha- they play. It, they have huge value. And
2: and come on, let's let's Nick, not. Uh, Nick, can let's... I ask you a quick question? Um, yeah. I, I agree that people should probably go read uh, his anal- Brandon's analysis on the uh, fatal flaw of Braxton Jones. Uh, it's probably a better way of explaining it. But did did he think that it's something that would be less of an issue if he moves over to the right side? Did
0: he talk about that? He said, basically, if he moves over to the right side, that the Bears can, like, scheme-wise, give him more help. But the issue is, and I, I can read it here. It's, it's pretty quick. I think he plays with limited range. This is what Brandon Thorne uh, said. I think he drops his outside foot too quickly. It creates short corners, gets feet around the edge too easily, opens up his hips and shoulders too quickly, and that leaves him vulnerable to getting feet across his face or driven back into the quarterback. And I don't know that that is going to get really fixed. So he did say moving on to the right side. You can have an elite level type of guy in pass protection there. You can cater your scheme a little bit more to give him a little bit more help. And he's, a, he's an asset in the run game, he said, for Braxton Jones. But that's kind of his big issue. And he doesn't know how correctable that is at this point because he still sees the same player coming out of southern Utah that he did when he was going into uh, his rookie season.
1: You know, By the way, it, shout out, shout out, Herb Howard. It, he's exactly right. They're not an offense attack away
2: from a Super Bowl. Get good players,
1: and they know that. I, I, am not saying they don't. Obviously, they, they know what they know what they have, and they know where they're going, and all of it. But yeah,
2: it's just my point is they can always get help. Whatever the whatever the glaring holes are that are, that's still there, they can still fill it later. I don't, you know, they don't need to force it. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I almost feel like in Braxton Jones, they have Charles Leno again. Like, just a solid dude mm-hmm. who is durable. Now, it's only been one season, but, like, you know, that was the one thing Charles Leno can always hang his hat on was he's going to play. You know, he, he didn't miss starts. You know, he he just started every game. He was dependable. Um, but he wasn't perfect. You know, yeah, in exactly. kind of the same way that Braxton Jones wasn't perfect. But, um, you know, that's That's super interesting because we've also heard, and Corey Wooten's talked a lot about this, uh, uh, that, you know, he had some more strength that he'll be in a better position. But some of that technique stuff that Brandon Thorne got into is, is pretty good. So make sure you check it out. All unlocked for everybody to read right now. Um, it is called Q and a with offensive line expert, Brandon Thorne, who is the best offensive tackle for the bears in the 2023 draft. Good stuff, Nick. All right. Uh, we got to get out of here. Good show today. Appreciate ev- everyone uh, interacting. Uh, it was an all-star crew. Adam Johns, Herb Howard, Kevin Fishbane, Braggs, in the comments. All on this show.
1: Yeah, Braggs has just been off his game lately. It's kind of been embarrassing. Uh, the, the dude's just fallen <laughs> off a cliff. Guy once had it going on, and now he's just kind of a washed-up dude. I don't know what happened to that guy. That's
0: harsh. Wow. <laughs> I guess we can discuss on uh, After Dark tonight, right, Mark? Yeah, Yeah. big After Dark show tonight, 6.30. Uh,
1: Would have loved to see you there. We will uh, do a ton more uh obviously as we will be 23 and a half days away from the draft by 6:30, 30. Uh, i do plan on on touching on uh some of the i think what can be an important conversation as after dark a little more flexible with the topics we're gonna we're, we'll hit a little bit on the college basketball national championship and uh the, the fallout which i thought was super interesting with caitlin clark and, and angel reese um So we'll hit a little bit of that tonight as well,
2: and a full recap of the White Sox beating the Giants. I hope.
1: Big opening day, baby! When is, I can't wait to go to uh, Guaranteed Ray with you, Adam Hogue, and you're invited too, Nick, of course. But you know, and I know that Kevin Kiermaier wants to go. It's going to be. Hey, I'm impressed by the White Sox. Let me ask you one question, Cub fans: Will they get back to over 500 this season? Wow. <laughs> I, want, I want to know. Funny. I hope they do. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, and the whole crew over there. Let's go.
2: That's a tough question. I don't know. I don't All know. All right. Uh, Crystal, we see you in the super chat voting for Carm. I don't know. What is she voting for? What's the vote? Just vote for Carm? I said
1: I said if we had a vote right now, fish bait or Carm on this podcast, oh, I uh, think yeah. 99% yeah. would go fish bait. But
2: I got Crystal. I love you, Crystal. Thank you. There's, there you go. Uh, and then Oscar jumping in the ways. Poll uh, 999 super chat. The way polls operates, so I can see polls trading as far back as the 20s. I definitely think a trade backs in play. And if you could somehow add two picks in that sweet spot that Scott Fitterer was talking about, 20 to 45. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't think that's a yep. bad way to go. So all right, um, we're out of here. I'm gonna go get working on some more draft stuff. I feel like I'm behind and. We, we make sure you check out our draft board, which is up for diehards on, uh, slash diehard. We're continuing to update that thing's going to be loaded. We have ex- exciting draft news to share with you soon. I promise. I almost thought it was going to be today, but our, uh, we got exciting stuff to share with you about the NFL draft coming up this later this month. So I'll tease it for now. And I think at some point this week, we'll be able to share that. Um, and I can't wait to do so. So, Thanks so much for being here. Please hit that like button. Please hit subscribe. Notifications so you know when we go live. Otherwise, we are back here tomorrow at noon. and We'll talk to you then.